Hello? Hello. Are we on? We are. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. I could not find my headphones, so I was running all around the place. I was like, it's 1230. I'm supposed to be on here, and I could not find my headphones, because this is a Uh, phone call, not a... The benefit of preparedness. Yeah. (laughs) Who needs to be prepared? Right. No worries. If I sound a little out of breath, it's because I've run up and down the stairs several times. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, this is all like recorded in life, so I mean, nobody's listening. I know. (laughs) I know it's all recorded. It's probably going on a podcast, which you might edit all this out. Maybe not. Yeah, probably not. I'll probably put it up on my personal podcast feed, like I did last time we did this. Uh, just for the sake of audio quality and rambling and such, but yes, is this anyway? Is this... Huh? Oh, I guess that was the mute button. Good. The one that says the one that's got a line through it, the microphone well, to line through it. Yeah, it looks like it's currently muted because it has the line through it. No, so... if you touch it, it'll highlight, which then means that it's muted. Well, why couldn't they just have one where the microphone's there, and when you touch it, then the line goes through it? I don't know. We can submit uh, a ticket to the app developer after yeah. this. I'm not sure. Me, an app consumer who knows so much about how to create an app and all the work that goes into that type of, what sounds like a simple thing to do, may not be that simple, but I'm going to say it's simple and they should know how to do it. It's probably just an icon. They just thought that people could, you know, it was more intuitive than maybe they had thought to be, you know, so it's fine. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Happy Mother's Day and whatnot. Happy Mother's Day Eve, I guess we should say. Yeah. Depending yeah. on when you're listening to this, it could be Father's Day by the time you listen to this. It could be Christmas, you know, whatever. It's true. Uh, I mean, I love to listen to Mother's Day podcast on Christmas. I love to listen to Mother's Day podcast. Do you? Uh, no, I've never listened to a Mother's Day podcast. <laughs> Actually, I may have. I may have listened to like a Mother's Day murder podcast where someone murdered their mother. Uh, that's odd. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the type of fun stuff. So we should preface this like we understand Mother's Day is a tough day for some people. So if you uh, are struggling because of the loss of a mother or if you're struggling because you want to be a mother... Uh, this probably isn't the podcast to listen to right now. Yeah, and uh, some of the views, so, like I would preface everything that I say, like from here on out, with saying that like all of my opinions are basically self-imposed, and I I would not imply that anything that I believe or say should be applicable to anyone else outside of myself, and definitely should not yeah. be like. Um, no use of any sort of outside entity. You should be able to uh, decide for yourself things for yourself or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Same for me. Uh, these are our own opinions. And uh, hopefully, if you hear some things that you find interesting, um, research some extra research on it. To help formulate your opinions. That's what uh, we've always wanted to do. Is have 
uh, is to facilitate thought that leads to your own research. Right. Because we're not experts on a lot of things. And what we are experts on, we actually don't tell you. So you don't know what we're experts on. So I guess one objective for this is to discuss the, for me, is to discuss the morality and the philosophical implications of reproduction and bringing human life into the world against its own will and justifying uh, pros and cons of that and sort of viewpoints on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. And yeah. And then I can get into some other stuff. We should stay up front if you did not know. So we should probably give a little information about ourselves and how this relates to us. Uh, so I'll start right. first. I have a daughter who is two years old. Uh, just mm -hmm. one daughter. And you can go at him. <laughs> oh, I have no kids. And I have no intention yeah. of having kids. Um, and I always that's... wanted kids. Oh. Uh, I was going to say, that's a very like in, uh, intentional, distinct decision. And uh, it's backed by a lot of forethought and, and internal debating. And that it is not just a product of accident. Um, yep. That makes sense. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have kids and I did have one and I don't right. know if I'd ever have another one, but that's, that just lets you know that I'm still up in the air of having another kid someday down the line. Maybe. Well, maybe someone who, as someone who has kids, let me just ask, like, what, what are the motivating factors that wanted you to bring another child or another human into the world? I think uh, what I, I think honestly, like when I was before I had a child and before, you know, it took us a while to have a child. It just took us. Um, it wasn't one of those things where we immediately had a child when we right. wanted to have one. And so during that time period, it was really a lot of thinking, like, is this something I want to do? Is this something worth pursuing and all that? Why do I want to have a child? So I did think a lot about this um, because it's so easy sometimes for some people to have children. Like uh, we, we tend to say like children are miracles. I don't know if they're miracles as much when you can have them in the backseat of a prom car, quote unquote, you know, uh, right. I said that like yeah. the miracle is not having the child. The miracle is, can you raise the child to be good? Um, for a lot of people, well, what is what is but, good, though? Uh, that is the toughest question. Now, I will say for a bunch, of, there are a good chunk of people that having a baby is a miracle pretty much because of how much work and time and effort and just struggle it takes. Uh, right. But reasons I want to have a child is probably the, the first one is because it's what you're supposed to do. There is an evolutionary uh, instinct in humans to reproduce. That's what all animals want to do. And humans right. are just, we're animals. Uh, we're just very advanced animals. And so there are animals out there whose sole job is to live until they can reproduce and then they die. Uh, right. And in a lot of ways, that's what we do. Uh, people talk about, you know, the Darwin Awards and they're like someone in their 40s doing something stupid, and so they won a Darwin Award? Well, if they've already had kids, then they you, you shouldn't be able to win a Darwin Award if you've already had kids. You know? 
Like, right. once you've hit like 20, for a lot of people who have, depending on, I mean, it's getting, we're getting older and when we have kids. But once you've had your kids, you've done with the evolutionary part of it. You just need to have the kid. Uh, you as long fulfilled as the kid your has, evolutionary yeah. duty. You're, yeah. You've, yeah. Now, okay. for humans, generally, it's a little bit more complex because you have to raise them till they hit a certain age before they're mature because human babies are not like dog babies or uh, horse babies. They're not born where after a few days they can live on their own. Human babies right. take years. Some animals, when they're born, they can walk within a matter of minutes and become, and become able to influence themselves in a matter of months or maybe a year. The humans don't even learn to walk until they're a year or two old, and then they can't fend for themselves until they're several years old. Um, and, on. and the human brain really doesn't stop developing until right now, I think thoughts are like 25 around right. the time where we really hit our full maturity and brain development. So, and people who have 20 something year olds and people who are early 20 something year olds can attest to this probably how much you depend on your parents, even when you're 24. Uh, and some of that is because, hey, that's what you've always done. But also some of that is because you're still not fully adult yet. Well, in the, in the developmental process, humans are born like relatively early in the developmental process yeah. compared to other species of animals. But also we're sentient, so we're allowed to be aware of ourselves and um, in some ways control our own development or have our own development controlled by parents or society or um, yeah. our upbringing or whatever. Yeah. So And uh, so that was, I will say that was like one of the main reasons. Another reason is like legacy, this concept of you. Oh, we got a message. Oh, okay. message was that? All right, let's, try, let's play that. Let's see what this is. Hang on. What is the discussion on reproduction? <clears throat> Please do not. What? I, I... Okay. All right. I don't think we're going to be doing any questions or anything. <laughs> we're just going to talk. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to look at the questions after. I think uh, we're yeah. still learning this app. Sorry, everybody. We're still trying to learn this app. <laughs> this is our second yeah. time using it, but we will. Uh, we'll try to look at the questions afterwards. Sorry about that. So I guess ultimately um, we're we're having a discussion about um, the moral and philosophical and in some ways theological implications of reproduction, um, uh, somewhat centered around the idea that uh, giving birth is in some ways subjecting somebody to suffering, uh, whether it's uh, you know almost involuntarily. If that makes sense, that's sort of my position anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'll say the other big reason why I had a kid, uh, legacy, not necessarily your name. Okay. People are always like, I want my name to live on, but it's not about your name because your name doesn't live on. Um, cause names change over time. Like n nobody today has the same last name as people like a thousand years ago, last names change and they get developed and they, they go on. Like we can go through our last name, our history of our last names mm -hmm. and, uh, if we go back far enough, we can see where it got changed, where it got updated right. and adapted. So 
always find that weird, like keep on the name. It's really keep on the line and traditions that we have. Like we have stories about our grandparents and our great, great grandparents and our great, 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 great grandparents and that legacy. And there is something to that, that we want to live on through our kids, uh, live on through those who love us. Kind of like if you've ever seen the movie Coco, uh, the Pixar movie where, uh, where it really gets into the two deaths. The first death is the death that you have where you physically die. And the second death is where nobody remembers you anymore. Um, And that movie really gets into that where people don't remember you anymore and what that death is like. Right. So in some ways it's sort of, uh, I think in some ways people just want to have that aspect of life to be able to, or someone else to live in a way that they wish they would have known to live before. Like, you know, almost like kind of training someone to be a better version of yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that is probably what we're doing. That's how we all develop. I mean, something to be tr- something that's important to note is every generation of humans is actually more intelligent than the previous generation. That's science. And some of that yeah. is we're learning stuff and then we're teaching the kids and they're learning it and they're teaching their kids. And it's just learning and learning and learning. And we're hoping that to get better. And for the most part, we do it in a lot of ways. That's why we're able to talk on uh, a cell phone instead of, you know, making grunting sounds at each other like they did hundred thousand to a million years ago. Right. But I guess from a, from an evolutionary standpoint, what is, what do you think the end goal is like for, so the, the evolutionary goal is to reproduce and just continue to reproduce. Um, that's sort of the, the bare bones uh, sort of intuitive goal of humanity, but like to what end? Uh, just survival. I think, I mean, it's, what is the end goal of every, any evolutionary thing It's to survive. I mean, we're not viruses, so we're not, our goal is not entire destruction, which is kind of sometimes what the goal of a virus is. Uh, but our goal is just to survive. Right. And I think that's it. Just keep, keep living, keep swimming to steal okay. another Pixar movie, um, which is what I, this entire thing is going to be about Pixar movies, apparently. Fair enough. Which is, is interesting if we would have gone with Disney movies because Disney movies historically do not have mothers. In, really? In the movie. Yeah. Pick a Disney movie and uh, think whether or not a mother's in it. And mo- more times than not, the answer would be no. Bambi. What happens to Bambi's mother? Oh, yeah. Okay. Snow White. Mother died. Lives with her, step- her father and her stepmother. Cinderella. No, wait. Yeah, Cinderella lives with her stepmother. Uh, so I wanted to go over this uh, sort of unpopular. Um, I think this idea is like gaining popularity. This idea of antinatalism or the the moral and philosophical objection to reproduction, wherein um, there's a, a philosophical viewpoint that says that um, to introduce human life into the world is to subject that life to suffering. And therefore, there's a moral case to be put against uh, introducing human life into the world to reduce the amount of suffering that exists, I guess, overall, or at least within that unit. Um, 
Is this Nietzsche? So, this sounds Nietzsche. Uh, I mean, it comes from different places. There's actually some biblical, um, some biblical basis on this. There's Jeremiah and Job, um, both of which kind of curse the day they were born. Uh, and the author of Ecclesiastes. Um, I'm just going to read off some of this. When considering the eternal fact of humans uh, oppressing other humans, judges that the one who is never born to see such things is better off than the oppressor of the oppressed. Um, so then there's, uh, there's the idea of, are you still there? Yes, I put it on oh, mute. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a long go blank. So the idea of, of, of suffering um, being an inherent quality of humanity. And no matter what happens throughout a person's life, they're going to be subjected to suffering. And the idea of death, of, of um, elderliness or oldness and death being an inherent negative in life, um, the way to avoid that inherent negative is to just not be born to begin with. So it's the sort of moral obligation of the person um, who's, I guess, up against the, the title norm of reproducing and the sort of moral sense that reproducing would be um, kind of an immoral thing to do. The balancing of that and, and the decision-making that goes into that, which is kind of a point where I'm at at this point because I'm at an age where I have the option um, to have a child uh, and that window is quickly fading away but in that window uh, so there's there's <laughs> there's like what you said there's instinctual um, tendency to want to have a kid but then there's also the sort of the burden uh, the moral burden along with the financial the economic the psychological the uh, honestly physical um, investment that goes into all that and then there's sort of a like a, a, a cost benefit analysis like and then once you make a decision you're once you're past that window of in, in age you can't work on it so <laughs> there's a a huge dilemma there for me at least to decide whether or not that's the road i want to go down um and once you make the decision i think that most people who do have kids at least from my experience don't weigh it probably as heavily as they should. Um, at least, I mean, I've <laughs> probably spent more time thinking about it than probably anyone that I know. Certainly of people that I know that um, are in no economic situation to have kids, but they still have two, three, four kids that they have a very tough time supporting on their own. Um, and life circumstances kind of dictate, like, I guess, like your allowance or whatever, because... Uh, you can only support so much, so many kids with on a certain amount of income or whatever. So there's a lot of like real tangible factors that go into it. But for me personally, I'm I'm really at the point where I'm not so sure that uh, the moral standpoint, not different from the fact that I'm selfish and I don't really want to have to like invest that much economically and physically and everything else. Uh, just the idea that from a moral standpoint, I don't think I have it in me to to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And yeah, the thing about kids is like, yeah, you if you if you think I shouldn't do this, then you probably shouldn't do this with most anything's right. Like, right. You're like, I shouldn't drive on the interstate at 120 miles per hour. That's an easier choice because it's like, well, of course, there's laws and there's societal uh, implications, like well, reasons why you don't drive on the interstate at 120 miles per hour. But we don't think like sometimes having a kid is like that. Like, it's not. It's it's not just an easy yes. You should have a kid. Why? Because everyone says so. Right. Because right. you think you should. Because right. your bodily instincts tell you to. I mean, our bodily instincts tells us to do a lot of stupid stuff. Uh, and right, right. Always, and generally speaking, like even when it comes to diet, like the most unhealthy food is the that tastes the best. So, um, oh, if you amplify that into a, a into the scheme of life, the maybe the most unhealthy thing is what you have the most tendency to do. Yeah. Um, and. I will say, I love being a parent. Um, there are parents out there who hate being parents. Uh, and that's, that's really su- that really sucks because it's not one of those things. You, it's not like a puppy. You just can't bring it back. And right. Like, here, you take it. Uh, in some states, I guess you can. Uh, I, I don't I mean, I remember that. But, was it, but was you, it no, you just, they just shift the burden from themselves to the state or just yeah. some other entity that is in a position to support and a lot of times when that happens, they kids end up in um, like homes or in foster care, yeah. and those are always like anytime you hear somebody talking about how they've led a tough life, that's kind of the they generally that tends to be part of it, at least yeah. from what I've seen. Or there's a a missing parent because one parent, like in a lot of cases, one parent is stuck with the burden of raising the child, and the other person has just completely disappeared off the face of the map so then what, what would normally be a, a household unit with a with two parents is shifted to one person you know through whatever chances divorce or just abandonment or whatever possibly even death because the person um one parent dies earlier than expected yeah. you know so yeah there's there's so many risks going on uh and there's so much unknown I'll be honest, like, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I thought it was going to be really difficult. And I found now that I have a toddler, it's not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. And it's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And, like, I actually absolutely enjoy it. But that doesn't mean I'm the typical parent. I just, I have some things in my life that are set up where I can enjoy it a lot easier than I know a lot of parents can. Uh, being and so that does help like there are so many like advantages it's and i'm sure if you were super rich having a kid would be super easy comparatively you know well i mean having not like giving birth to the child i'm talking about like after you give birth like i'm not saying like how much money you make determines like how easy the birthing process is because sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't i should say But as far as like actually raising a child, yes, it, it can't. I don't, I don't think it would be any easier to raise a child depending on your financial stat. I mean, maybe like from a, a standpoint of like providing for them, possibly. 
Well, but. yes. Well, also, you can have people who can watch them. You can have more play toys. Uh, if you're really rich, you may not even be working, so you don't have to worry about, you know, income. Uh, kids are expensive. You don't have to worry about that. You know, it's, it's true. Like, being rich actually makes things a lot easier. Rich people get sick a lot less. Rich people live a lot longer. There, th- there are reasons for this, and rich. Well, yeah, people... they can afford to pay for healthcare. Yeah, but that goes to another. That goes to another point that I wanted to. So, the fact is, you're when you're when you're born, you don't have the option of what kind of environment you're born into. You don't have the option of being born into a rich family or a poor family or a middle class family. You're you're just born into the situation that you're born into. And then from there, based on your status, that in some ways dictates how successful you're going to be for the rest of your life, just based on when you were born. Because statistically speaking, if you're born into poverty, you're pretty much going to remain in poverty unless there's, you know, a very small percentage of people would make it out of poverty if they're, if they're born into poverty. Same thing if you're born middle class. If you're born middle class, you're pretty much going to stay middle class. Um, Those fluctuations happen, but not very often. Yeah, if you're fluctuating, you're most likely going to fluctuate just like one degree. Right. So if you're if you're born, I mean, there are a lot of different classes. Like, um, I like to say, like, you you have like lower class, working class, middle class, upper class is what I always heard. And my family was working class, and I consider myself probably in middle class right now. I moved one degree. Yeah. I'm not going to upper class, like. Unless some major thing changes. Uh, I'm not going to make that much money. I'm not, that's not the type of person I'm going to be, you know. Uh, So it's that one degree is your, your likelihood. So if you're lower class, your one degree is like that lower middle class or working class is what I've also heard it as is what I used. So you're not going to shift much if you do shift. And even if you shift, it's a very unlikely shift to be made because most people don't make that shift. Right, and that so I guess the the um, the scale or the the perspective of successfulness um, has kind of tainted in our society. In that, unless you are unless you have a certain amount of income, unless you have a uh, whatever size house, unless you have X, Y, and Z, you ha- you're not really uh, successful. But that may not be the case if if you're born into poverty to make it up into middle class and that's you're relatively successful um at least as far as like from an economic standpoint now there may be maybe other aspects of life that are not doing quite as well um and a lot of times people will make sacrifices in one one aspect of life in order to accommodate um the economic or people will sacrifice their their job for for family or vice versa so it really all kind of depends but um yeah regardless um you're your situation from from birth, it, from my viewpoint, it almost basically dictates the trajectory of your, of your life, and the fact that you don't get to choose from birth. I mean, if you get, if you got to choose, everyone would choose to be rich and well off, and everyone would be would inherit a million dollars and, and be like Donald Trump and and um, fake their own fake their own legacy, you know. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Most people don't get that. Well, no one gets that choice. Um, but if you're, the thing is, if you're born into uh, a wealthy family, then you're wealthy for life. You're never going to have to worry about hurling anything no. at all. Yeah, if you if you're so born into 
Uh, if you end up poor after being in a wealthy family, a lot of times the people who that happens to you either made really terrible decisions, um, right. like drugs, alcohol, or other terrible decisions, or they gave it all away and decided they didn't want to live in wealth anymore. Right, and that does happen. And, that yeah, that's. I don't know if that's. It's not common. It's just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and well, I think that is a question for a t- discussion for another day because we can really talk about like um wealth does not equal happiness uh which gets right. into like even though you can afford ha- having kids the process of raising a child is much easier if you have a lot of money it does not make it any happier it does not mean you're going to be any happier because time and time again it's been proven like a lot of money does not equal a lot of happiness there is a um there is a cap point of how much money will affect happiness and it's quite low comparatively to what you might think i think of like five or six years ago it was like seventy thousand a year for american family uh right so yeah it's not that high uh seventy thousand a year for a family of like four is not wealthy Um, right and our, our society isn't set up in a way to to really benefit people and so i I just wrote down like a a typical i guess life for for some people so you're born you generally you're spending first couple years uh learning basic uh bills and um you know normal (laughs) stuff like what colors are and then you go then you go into preschool and you go on that then you then you be then you get uh placed into this um system of indoctrination where society takes you in and you begin to learn how to live like uh, society would, would like for you to live. And you continue that all the way up until you've, you're basically through college and then you get out and everything that, you know, as you're growing up, you're told that um, you can have whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Uh, you can live however you want. And then you grow up and you preach about 19 or 20 years old and you realize that um, there's a, there's a framed construct that you were kind of restricted to so whatever point you've gotten whatever you're at at that point is kind of your limitations from there on out so however much education you've required however much um dedication you've given to your studying however much uh social skills you have um your ability to network all that stuff is now dictating the rest of your life until the point that you die uh so you you go you work a normal job generally speaking um or you do something exceptional, you do something you really love. Honestly, I don't see most people doing something they love. I see most people working mediocre jobs that uh, they'd honestly be happier without. Um, and most people generally dream of something better for themselves that they'll never actually attain. Um, but then they get to the end of, end of their life and they either have a support system or maybe if they have a support system, it's generally a, a small group of people. Uh, and then they pass away and get buried into into a grave. And uh, throughout that entire portion of life, or the entire um, uh, sequence of events um, in life, you you've you're you're you have a lot of things that you would like to do, or that you you know ways that you like to do things, and none of them really ever fulfilled in any meaningful way. You generally are just trying to get by. Um, and that is a a system of suffering. So, 
Uh, I like your definition of life. You're born, you learn colors, you get indoctrinated, <laughs> you want, you dream of a better job, you die. <laughs> Isn't that kind of it? I kind of want someone to make like uh, one of those animation of that whole sequence you just said. You're born. All right, well, that's kind of. I think they have. There's been. Um, <laughs> there's been YouTube videos. That been kind of, it's kind of reductionary, and it's kind of. But, I mean. We only have a, few, a little bit of time to describe yeah. things. So uh, I will say, like, uh, some of this indoctrination, uh, it depends on a lot of things, what indoctrination you're doing. When you say, like, you can be anything you want or you can do anything you want, I don't think that's a typical thing you learn in school. I think that might be a typical what, uh, thing you learn in white middle-class school um, in the U.S. I don't think that's typical worldwide. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that some of this is, this is some of our own biases of uh, like, yes, this is what we learned. We could be anything we want. But I think if you get into like other countries, they are probably not teaching that in school because that's not even a concept. That's not even a possibility for some people in the U S that is a possibility. You could be whatever you want to some extent. Like if you're born and you're wearing, and you need glasses you're not going to be a jet fighter. You're not going to be a pilot for a, for a space mission. Well, so you're, uh, just, you're reinforcing my point because in other countries, um, when they're indoctrinated in their systems, they're indoctrinated to, to a lot more scrutiny than what we are. We, Americans have at least a, a level of freedom to the, a, a small, minute level of freedom to decide kind of our trajectory. But in other I, countries, our trajectory is predetermined. Right? I wouldn't so. say that necessarily. I, I cannot speak for the education system in other countries. I'm just saying that there's probably a lot of countries that don't teach that. Um, I cannot speak to any education system in other countries. I do have some friends from other countries, and I really ask them about their education system and what they got indoctrinated with. I mean, obviously, the U.S. is really different in how our school is done than, other, than a lot of other uh, countries, but in a lot of ways, the English-speaking world does things its own way, and other languages do things their way. Uh, right. And it's amazing how much culture is tied up in the language we speak, because you'll see like England, Canada, Australia, and the U.S., uh, which are the four major English natively English-speaking countries. Not the only ones; there are a few others, but we all have a similar. Uh, ethnical background that we want to believe we that that we are you know like a lot of people like u.s person is a white person it's like no it's not that's not your typical i mean that maybe that's the most common person in the u.s but that doesn't mean that's what an american looks like but we kind of believe in that world for some reason this went off the rails really fast into problems of what we consider american culture (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how we have, how, there are, yeah, how there the a lot default of is white middle class and it's really not uh, what American culture is but that's probably for another day <laughs> right yeah, yeah anyway back to like back to yeah, the anyway. sort of the question of, of the night is is um, I guess from your perspective well I guess there isn't really an objective way to say it but, but for I'll just say from my perspective uh, I think I struggle a lot with the uh, the question of morality when it comes to 
reproduction, whether or not I want to have a kid or not, is is a huge stumbling block for me. And it's something that, because I'm so indecisive, I don't think I'll ever really make a decision on until either it happens or it doesn't. And um, <laughs> I mean, that's I really mean, that. I mean, it's true. Sometimes we can't make the decision and the decision makes itself. Right. Because but I do think there is, I do think there is um, room in society for the question to be raised a lot more often than it is, because I think the default in society is to just say, Oh yeah, you need to have kids. Like, like why haven't you got a kid yet? Like you're how old now? And you don't have any kids yet. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? When really the question is, the question should be, you're how old and you already have kids? Really? Like, are you, were you ready for that? Was that an accident? Like, uh, are you, is that a responsible decision for you? <laughs> I, would, I would change that and say the question should not be, don't ask people about that unless they bring it up. <laughs> no, but, like, that, that's a, but the, the default for people, whenever the question is brought up, like, no matter what, like, whenever you're introduced to somebody, if you're an adult, and you're introduced to somebody nine times out of ten, I guarantee you the question is going to come up. Oh, do you have any kids? Yes or no. And then if the answer is no, and then if you're of a certain age, I'd say like over 30, there's that why not look. And when I get that why not look, or that even the question, why not? Or why haven't you had kids yet? Oh, are you just waiting for like, what do you like? You know, that like you have a biological clock not yeah. i guess as a male i'm not really on a biological clock as much as you know my female counterpart would be but regardless um there is a biological clock and uh the constant reminder of that drives me crazy because i'm well aware but yeah. there's other things below the surface that you need to take into consideration before or that i take into consideration before I think about having a, a kid. Now, I know that you have taken them into consideration before you uh, had a kid, but I, I don't think most people do that. I think most people, um, from my experience, it's been just uh, the the expectation, the norm, is to have a kid, regardless of your financial situation, regardless of the economics, regardless of the status of your relationship with your partner or partners, um, whatever the case may be, like the default stance is, oh yeah, of course I need to have a kid. Like you may be 19 or 20 years old and not really, like what you said, mature enough mentally or, or intellectually to even make the decision for yourself. But yeah, yeah, here you are, right? So Yeah, yeah. I think it, it is something we do not think about, think through a lot of times. Uh, I, I mean, I don't give people advice on whether or not they should have kids. Uh, I just talk to the only thing I ever say is like, if you don't think you should have kids, you probably shouldn't have kids if they come to me asking. Uh, because it's not really, it's not like you don't get a trial run with it. And that's right. the thing about it. Like with so many things in our life, we can get a trial run and it'll be fine. But with a kid, you're legally responsible for this child until they're 18. Meaning well, that legally, but but morally responsible well, yeah. as well. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course, I'm thinking of the legal side, but there there right. are things that you are responsible. You are responsible to take care of this child. I would say, in a lot of ways, if you adopt a pet, you're morally and and you technically are as well legally responsible. But it's a lot easier to get that pet readopted than it is to get a child readopted, or to get a child adopted. Like there's a lot of yeah. work that goes into that. 
And we're never taught you should get a pet. We are taught, oh, you're going to have kids? You know, the thing they say, like, when two people start dating, when you get married. When yeah. you get married. When you're having kids. And when you have a kid. Right. When you're having another kid. And it's like... Right. Because those are the norms, those are the societal (laughs) norms that, and the expectations are placed on you by literally, like even family, like, um, you know, moms want to become grandmothers for some reason. So family will pressure you. Are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. I put it on mute again. Apparently when it turns on mute, it doesn't, it just does some dead air or something to you. So like there was a time I've, I've kind of managed to hold her off now. There was a time where my mom would ask me every single time we talked, when are you going to have kids? And uh, the answer has always been the same. I, I have no plans on doing that anytime soon. Yeah. Of course, that's been the answer for the past 10 years. And I guess anytime soon is sort of running out. But uh, yeah, so when, when, when someone asks, I don't know what the frame of the question would be, but if, if someone were to ask you, if you think they should have kids and you know that they probably shouldn't because of their life situation, would you advise them no or would you advise them, well, if you want to? Like, what would your advice be? I would never tell someone don't have kids. <laughs> but would you ever tell someone to have kids? No. I would never tell anyone okay. any of that. I would just say, like, it's not my choice in the end of the day. And that's the thing that we all know is like at the end of the day, the only people whose choice it is, is the people who have to raise that child. Like as right. a grandparent saying, when are you going to have kids to your children? That's basically forcing them to have kids. And you're not as a grandparent going to be raising that child. That's not the goal. Your goal is them to have kids. So you can see those kids every once in a while and then give them back to the parent when you're done with them. You know, it's like, well, it was fun to play with your child, but here, take it back. Yes, I should say this is, yeah, U.S. Uh, Everything here is very American-centric. Like, all of our conversations, yes. there's, there are some deviations when you visit other yeah. countries where, where the family unit is different yeah. and, and sometimes That's more cohesive. So grandparents do wind up taking care of kids because the parents have you like, in some countries, the parents will go overseas and work overseas and send money back, and that's kind of how the family unit operates, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot more uh, complexities to children, but in the the typical U.S. Uh, and I say typical as in what happens more than half the times uh, in the U.S. Uh, is like people want you to have kids, so you will have kids, and so they can talk right. to you about having kids, so they can you can be like parent friends or whatever. Uh, right. But a lot of times, especially early on in the early like first year, having a kid is a lot lonelier than you think because you're still dealing with this child who does not even know how to eat on its own uh, at all. Um, I think if I were to have a kid, I think I would, I would expect the kid to have a job by the age of five, honestly. Like (laughs) you can only leech. (laughs) You can only leech. (laughs) If you can walk, you can dodge a wrench. Can you another go? movie reference? Um, How early is too early to teach the kid to mow the lawn? That's what I don't know. Like, I feel like that should be the first the first job I could have is mowing the lawn. Uh, mowing the lawn is probably an actually dangerous job for a little kid. 
No, we just get one of the push ones. They don't actually have a motor. They just kind of spin. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, okay. I, grass cutters. I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like an actual lawnmower. I'm like, that's too dangerous for most adults, apparently. Um, the, the push mower is like a gateway drug to the bigger stuff. Okay, yeah. But, I don't even think, but I mean, with, our ch- as I said, I have a two-year-old, and her job is cleaning her um, her where she eats, like wiping it down. She doesn't do it great because she dexterity the dexterity of a two-year-old is not great but she's learning jobs and she enjoys doing it she enjoys the chores and then she puts away her books and toys that's like her big chores that she has to do so they can do small things cleaning a house um not like dealing with bleach but there are a lot of things that little kids can do yeah i don't know i don't know i don't have kids i do i do know that like when i talk to other people about having kids um there there are sometimes when some people will make the claim that you don't really learn how to be fully human until you have a kid to try and teach how to be fully human and i have no idea if there's any truth to that because i don't have the experience but um i don't know if i mean i took some philosophy i have some philosophy degrees in my life and mm-hmm. I have a kid. I don't know if I would ever know what it means to be fully human. I don't even know how to answer that. That is such right. a packed statement. I mean, we have time to unpack it. but Not today. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have time to unpack it. Because yeah. ironically enough, and one of the reasons why I wasn't sure if I was going to make it on time, and one of the reasons I have to leave here soon is because uh, I have a kid to watch and raise. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so... Those things that happen, and that's that's just life. Like you don't get the same amount of life that you get. Um, I will I will say one thing I did want to get into is some people say like environmentally it's bad to have kids because of global warming or climate change. I think right. climate change is a better term for it because it's more than just it's warming that leads to cooling and all that, whatever. Uh, but because of climate change, but I always have the argument to that is like. Well, if you eat meat and you use your AC or you use your heater in the winter, and if you travel on planes a lot, you're doing a lot worse. Those things are a lot worse than having a kid. No, no, just being a functional member of society has some sort of environmental impact regardless of, it doesn't matter what alterations you make to your life, everything that you do. Honestly, the biggest, I guess there's a different topic for climate change, but the biggest uh, contribution, the biggest contributor so climate change is more or less major industry and not individual yeah. action. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, nothing, nothing us as just regular folk do will actually put that much of a dent into anything unless major industries do anything, yeah. do something those, different. Those so are all major corporate decisions that need to be made. It doesn't mean altered. you should. There are a lot of reasons why you shouldn't eat meat. Um, and so, and there are a lot of reasons why you should keep your house at a, uh, more moderate temperature compared to the outside. And there's a lot of reasons you shouldn't travel on an airplane a lot. It doesn't mean ever, just like for funsies all the time traveling on airplanes. But um, if it's just to save the environment, unfortunately you by yourself can't do it. And whether you have a kid isn't going to make much of a change. Yeah, I don't think that argument against against reproduction and, is holds very much water relative to Maybe your argument is if there are no kids around and there are no people around, the environment will be fine. Well, just remember, climate change isn't about the Earth. 
survival. It's about human survival on the earth. That's what right. we care about. Exactly. The, the earth, earth will still survive. be around regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, uh, anyway, that's a whole different, different, yeah. um, whether anything can live on the earth, totally different thing, but we're not blowing up the earth with climate. Something change. will live on the earth. It won't be us, but something will live on the earth. Maybe the objective, the objective of, of controlling climate change is, is to preserve our ability to live. Yeah. On, not, it's mostly, uh, yeah. To preserve humans. It's, we can get into that, but there are a lot of questions about, um, about whether or not anything could live on the earth if we have a runaway greenhouse effect. But that's a yeah. question for another day when we talk about Venus. Uh, but <laughs> there, which is kind of where that gets into, uh, right. the runaway greenhouse. But should you have kids is a question that only you can really sit down and answer. And it's a question that you should sit down and really think about before doing it. And probably, I say, if you're going to get married and one of you, just, this is my other big thing that I say, if mm. one of you wants kids and one of you doesn't want kids, there's no compromise. Well, if and, one of you wants two kids and one of you wants zero kids, the compromise is not one kid. So you need to like really talk, parse that out basically with each other. Or if you're... If, if there are two of you getting married, if there are more of you that are in this relationship with all of you, you need to parse that out. Uh, we don't want to just be like monogamous they could just dyads. They could just take a vote. <laughs> just take a vote. <laughs> Which, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> but this is something that you really do need to talk about before you set up a lifelong commitment with somebody if you're planning on it. And if you're not planning on setting up a lifelong commitment with someone, if you have a kid with them, Guess what? You've set up a lifelong commitment with that person. But there's a lot more to it than just than just the the whim of deciding to have a kid. I, I just I, I want to emphasize that it's, there's not it's not just a I mean there is an instinctual thing about it and there is sort of a societal um, pressure and a sort of economic pressure and everything else. But ultimately, like. I guess back to the idea of suffering you, the, that person is going to suffer in their life and there, there is going to be an increase in the amount of suffering overall in the world because that person exists as opposed to if they did not exist. Um, I guess the religious answer to that is um, that whatever suffering you incur on earth is made up, made up for in, in heaven uh, and there's always divine justice and everything else. Um, but that requires a buy-in of faith and that might not necessarily be something that, most, that some people would um, want to subject themselves to. I, I would say, like, the idea of, like, to live is to suffer. Uh, and this is a philosophical question for a lot of things. Uh, and it's hard to really... I don't know. That's a tough one to even, like, really have a conversation about, I think. Because, yes... There's a lot of suffering in life, and yes, some religion have some different ideas of what you do. Uh, the question is then: Should there be? Should humans even exist? Uh, right. And that—that's maybe part two. The philosophy okay. of life. Uh, we'll get into that more. We'll do that on Father's Day. How about that? So, to get our happy traditions of. Sure. Now, right. uh, 
but yeah, wait till we uh, we we really get into. Let's see. Uh, next Valentine's Day, listen to our podcast on why love is killing you. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas time, why Christmas trees are the devil. <laughs> Literally the devil. No, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, that is a tough one to really get into. It's like the idea of like bringing suffering. I don't know if it increases suffering. I don't know if there's like an amount of suffering in the world that objectively increases or decreases based on how many people. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if every single person on Earth is subjected to suffering and you increase the amount of people on, on Earth, uh, you know, if the population keeps increasing, then the amount of suffering increases. That's sort of basic math, right? Well, I mean, it's basic math if you take it as a very linear, countable amount. Uh, it, there are other ways to look at it. Like, there is something we know, like, rich people suffer less when poor people suffer more. Because they're taking their they're taking their non-suffering right by Bez- Jeff Bezos is able to force his workers to pee in cups and that gets him another million dollars every third of a second yeah, or something yeah. like that. And so, yeah. like, I think there might be a net weight of suffering, and we just kind of take bits and pieces of it, and some of us get more, and some of us get less. Mm. Yeah, but the Jeff Bezos in the world are are, are a lot. Are a lot less. There's a lot less Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates than there are people in poverty. Or... Yeah, that's true, and they're taking a lot of, but they they get to take a lot of the the uh, joy. I feel you know yeah. from them. Now, are they using the joy, or are they just holding it in their four hundred one ks or betting on Dogecoin? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like saving it up so they can use all that joy at the end of their life. I don't really know what they're doing with the joy. But I feel like uh, a lot of this is like the suffering is being siphoned by other people, which means that we could, if we can siphon, if we can put suffering on people, maybe we can take suffering away. We can't decrease the overall suffering, but maybe we can just like hold it in a big container and shoot it into the sun. Uh, oh, no, we could, we could do better for ourselves if, if there was some sort of... Um societal concentration on on bettering the the, the yeah. world that we live in but there's i mean there's there 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 fractured um attempt there's there's not really any cohesive attempt to actually like make the world a just place to live in um there's elements of it in different like every every spark of justice or, or equality that you see in the world there's a whole under there's a whole layer um underneath it corruption and uh, injustice so for every um oh what's the what's the cop's name that just got convicted for george floyd what's his name Um, his name isn't important but for every one of him there's 50 other cops out there that aren't getting convicted for basically the exact same thing or worse thing yeah and so if you take that for every jeff bezos there's a hundred million uh people living in the or you know what i mean so for every every inkling of progress that we get um there's a hundred thousand setbacks uh you know what i mean so but i would argue that progress is still happening and this is a different philosophies of whether we are if we're better than we were or if we're worse than we were or if we're at the same if if progress is is more static than what we want to think it is i don't know i'd argue that it is 
we things are getting better. You may argue that things are the same. That again is probably for another day to continue onto this f- philosophy that we've gotten into. Uh, sure, <laughs> but we do need to start wrapping up. Uh, but yeah, well, thank so. you for. Hold on, there's a lot of comments on here, but I don't think I'm gonna play them all. I'm not sure, like, what? if any of these people are even still listening or not. But um, yeah. if you are still listening, thank you for listening. We have yes. our own individual. We have our own podcast that we do normally um but i am traveling at the moment so um us doing stereo is kind of a one-off thing uh, we don't really do this very often obviously but we're still learning it yeah our podcast is called in pencil and it's at if you just go to in pencil.live um there are links to like all the different podcast locations and the audio audio quality on those podcasts are a lot better than we're doing right now because this is kind of an ad hoc on the fly um just sort of discussion yeah and um, we're so. but we sometimes get even more off the rails on that podcast than we do on this one yeah <laughs> and it, i mean to our benefit that we have the, the luxury of editing on the podcast whereas here we're just kind of going off into different tangents so yeah thank you guys for listening yes, and, thank you. and i would play these things but i don't know if uh you if we can have time you can play. I I can't stay, but if you want to play them and you have a discussion with the audio, you can. No, I don't even know if these people are still listening, so I'm not even going to worry about it. Okay. But uh, well. yeah, that's it. Thanks for uh, listening. Yes. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye.